0: You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. Our our sermon series for the summertime, if you haven't been here in a while, we're we're talking about uh, spiritual disciplines. And the title of the series is Practice Makes Progress. And the point of that is to say that spiritual disciplines are things which we can uh, put into practice, and by doing so, grow in our walk with the lord right so wherever we find ourselves at we don't want to be uh, staying still we don't want to be stagnant or even stunted you know in our walk with god and our faith and our growth no we want to be changing and growing and 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 moving along as god uh, moves us okay so uh we're talking about a few few different topics for these six or eight weeks Uh, Last week we had pancakes, a pancake breakfast. Oh, and thank you to Sam and the guys who uh, flipped pancakes last week. They showed up early and they do it every year. (laughs) Uh, And they always do a really good job. So that was great because then we could all eat together. Um, So last week I got to share about a fellowship as a spiritual discipline. And I challenged you at the end of the message to... Um, you know, pray about it and ask God during the week to um, maybe open your eyes or lead you into different uh, places of fellowship with other Christians. I don't know about you, but as I tried that and as I did that, lo and behold, God answered my prayers and it wasn't um, like, don't get, I don't want to sound like I was doing an amazing job of this. I basically just said like, oh God, you know, help me, help me in fellowship this week that was pretty much it, and 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 that was it, and God took the rest, and um, I was able to connect with people, you know, more than once, and, and have really good fellowship with other Christians. God answered my prayers, so I hope that you're taking the time to um, do that with these spiritual disciplines, to use them as tools, right, and to pray about them and see what, where God would lead you in your own walk um, outside of the context of our church services. So, Uh, My topic for today that I I wanted to share with us in the context of spiritual disciplines is worship. Okay, I'm going to be uh, sharing about worship as a spiritual discipline. And uh, before I get into that and start talking ahead of myself, uh, let's just spend a moment to pray together now. Lord God, uh, you are holy. You deserve our praise. You're worthy of of all of our worship, even as we, uh, in the songs that we were singing and uh, the scriptures that Henry shared with us before the break, I just, I kept being spoken again and again. God, you are worthy. You alone uh, are glorious and worthy to be praised. God, I pray that in this service and in my message that your spirit would lead us to a place where our hearts would truly cry that out god that we would be um, engaged in in true spiritual worship and praising your name i thank you god that you hear our our prayers and you hear our praise lord may our praise be um, a delight to you god as it comes from this church this morning so Lord, we bless your name we thank you for your loving presence with us here now in jesus name i pray amen So, as I said, today's topic, in the context of spiritual disciplines, is worship, and I'm going to kind of keep harping on the fact that I'm talking about as a, worship as a spiritual discipline. And the reason for that is because what I'm not really talking about this morning is corporate worship. I'm not really. Fo- we're not really focused on, um, you know, worship in. The church service where if you're here today, you had a taste of that and you may even be familiar, you know, each week uh, coming to a church or going to a church and worshiping with other people. And that's good. But I believe that for us here, we can understand that as an expression of worship, but uh, possibly not the definition of of what worship can and should be for each of us in our lives, okay? It's a good, uh, a corporate worship is a beautiful and meaningful expression of worship and praise to God, but it's not definitive or, or the only way that we are called to worship as Christians, okay? So we're going to be talking not so much about, you know, singing together, but more so about um, Monday through Saturday, I guess. So, if you'll allow me to, I would love to talk for a minute about the definition. I think we need to define uh, worship if we're going to understand it and, and, and discuss it for a bit here. Um, so, the word worship is uh, it's a branch off of an old English word. Okay, The, the original, so to speak, word for worship um, in the olden days was worth-ship it's very weird to say worth it sounds like i don't really know how to say worship and i'm struggling to spit it out but it's it's different worth ship is what worship is about so this is you see the you, you hear the word worth in there worship is about identifying something's worth and proclaiming it and speaking it right and and um magnifying it even this is what worship is about it's the act of proclaiming the value of a person or a thing or, or or whatever. It's speaking to the worth of something and recognizing it, understanding it, and embracing it. So this is kind of what we or what I'm referring to when I talk about worship for us uh, here this morning is worthship. We're going to talk about worth. A good picture of this. Uh, from Scripture, there's many, uh, but a good picture of what I'm talking about comes from Deuteronomy 32. A snapshot, I suppose, of 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 worship. The speaker in Deuteronomy says, "Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak; let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teachings drop as the rain, and my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the herb. For I." The name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect and all of his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Okay, so here the author is proclaiming god's name, he's ascribing greatness to the lord and and in his in his mind he's giving credit where credit is due, right He's saying, This is who God is, let me speak it, listen, and he invites us as well to join him in what he says. So what does it take for us to to worship in this way what does it take for each of us in our personal lives to engage in meaningful and deep heartfelt worship like this to give worth to god the glory that he is due how can we practice worship you know day in day out when we leave church and the next day and the day after that so that we're not simply thinking of worship as as a one week corporate once a week corporate kind of um, activity that we do only once in a while, but as a thing that is ongoing and that we're disciplined in, what would this look like? Again, not that there's there's no problem with worshiping corporately in fact it's it's a must it's a gift but if if we only um, confine worship to that setting, it would be kind of like if I only took the time to express um, my love for my wife on our anniversary or on valentine's or whatever right when it's when i'm supposed to or when it's set up for me that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good relationship uh, what matters in this context is for you know me to express my my, my love for caryslyn you know day in day out in small ways and significant ways in an ongoing kind of sense right and so This is how uh, worship, yes, it's good in church, but it also needs to be ongoing in our hearts and our lives um, each and every day. We need to be disciplined in doing so in order to make this happen, because God is worthy. God is worthy. This is the message of of scripture, right? I mean, we. We read a snapshot, like I said, from Deuteronomy, but uh, but the Bible, if uh, one way to summarize it is, is simply this, that God is worthy, right? That Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God who came in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ and revealed himself to us uh, in, in, that, in that way, that he is worthy. He's the true God and, and that we that all people should praise him. This is what the, the gospel, this is what the Bible teaches us, that He's worthy, that no other God is like this God. All other gods are false, and the God of Israel is true, right? He's great. He's capital G great. And so the invitation of Scripture, the urge of the gospel, is for anyone who hears to turn from uh, from idols again as sam was reading that was incredible to to uh for israel to turn from idols and, and turn their hearts back to god for us to turn from false gods stop wasting our time with idols and turn to the one true god who loves us and saves us and gives him and give him our worship right but this process which i'm describing we Often, I think struggle with I think Christians struggle to be disciplined in our worship, and this is for various reasons, but what it comes down to is we like to worship stuff other than Jesus, right? We like to uh, or we're prone to or we're just tempted to uh, spend our time and energy worshiping other gods, other idols, whatever however you frame that, um, this is this is a real problem um, I think, for all Christians. So this is kind of what I'm addressing today in, in terms of being disciplined in our worship. And if we think that worship is a, a thing that uh, only happens you know, when you know God and turn to Him, I don't believe this is true. Uh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I, I think that all people worship. I think that we all worship, wh- whether you're... You know, the most religious person or the least, it doesn't matter. We are made to worship our creator God. And when we don't know him, that doesn't mean that we stop worshiping. That just means that we see the value and worth in other things, in things other than the one true God, right? So what we're concerned with is not that as Christians that we'll stop worshiping, but that our worship will be uh, shifted off target, we will be worshipping anything other than the God who deserves our praise this would be a problem so i'm concerned that many of us have have you know uh, seen the greatness of god we've heard about it maybe we've experienced it or we've read it or we've been taught about it or or whatever but that we have an issue with responding to it in worship Right, that the, the the information we can we can know in our heads or whatever, but for it for that to sink in and move into our hearts and cause us to do something as an act of worship, this is what this is what we don't want to do. We don't want to simply uh, hear about the good news and then um, not respond in a life of praise. This is falling short. Um, Tim Keller says that this discipline of worship that we're Talking about today, the worship is grasping the truth about God and then letting that strike you in the center of your being. Okay, worship is grasping a truth about God and then letting it strike you in the center of your being. To be moved by it, for it to mean something very deep and true to you. So the the invitation then is to, to know the truth, to hear the truth and understand it, but not to let it stop there. Let our worship be a response to what we know about God, right? It's an act of the will. It's a discipline where we respond to him and are moved by him in some way. This leads us to Romans 12, verse 1 where Paul teaches, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So yes, of course, worship, this can take the form of a church service and a singing together, obviously. But what Paul is urging his readers is to you know, in view of God's mercy, to, to to respond to the mercy that we see when we know Jesus by laying our lives down as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, and that this would be a true worship, right? This is our true worship. What matters is this. so this sacrifice before god presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice this is a a practice an ongoing thing and and this is why this morning i'm framing it as a spiritual discipline or practice that we'll be continuing to do right not just uh showing up to and saying that was worship and then that stops there when we leave no it's an ongoing living sacrifice this is our true worship So, here are my questions. Do we require a certain kind of music to worship? No. Do we require a certain building or a certain atmosphere to worship? No. Do we require a certain feeling or emotion in order to worship? No. Do we need to be with certain people or certain leaders? you know to worship the answer is no all that we need in order to worship is god all that we need to worship the only prerequisite for us to experience or 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 engage in or have some kind of expression of worship is god himself and the other things which i listed They can be and should be expressions. They are expressions of worship. But God is our prize, right? None of the other details. The rest are details, and it's God who makes them wonderful and glorious. Not the other way around. All that we need in order to worship is God himself. Um, If you've heard the story of Job, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Job was a man who understood this profoundly. God um, destroyed his life. <laughs> God ruined Job's life. And the book is a story about Job's struggle with that, but his um, ultimately his refusal to to deny God or curse God in spite of what was going on in his life. Anyways, Job 23, verse 12 says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips gods. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. He's treasured the words of God's mouth more than his portion of food. So I'm saying that worship is an act where we see truth about God And we are moved to respond in some way, in some capacity. God is what is essential for us to respond with true worship. The rest is details. For Job, he even said, you can take my food. And it doesn't compare to just the commandments that I know, the truth that I know of of God. He's greater than even that. God was the object of Job's affection, even I mean, we can't begin to understand the the depths of sorrow and pain that he experienced, but God remained his God. So, now, uh, as for the ways that we practice this, you know, and that we discipline ourselves in kind of doing this, it's really broad. It's very broad this is a good thing i can't necessarily provide you with a formula for how you should go about disciplining yourself to worship god because um it would be as varied as this group of people is here this morning right each one of us it's unique to to where you're at and and what you are dealing with what you're walking through um what God is teaching you and all these things, these are these are opportunities for worship. But I will uh, I'll give us a couple examples, mostly from um, my own heart and life ways that we can that we can, you know, perhaps know the truth of God, but then be moved to worship because of what we know. For example, I could be reading my Bible. I could be reading about worship and come to James 1.27 okay, and read this. That pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Now, I can read that and think, oh, God, that you are awesome. That's good. You know, I, I see your heart in this and it's beautiful. Um, to take care of of people who are oppressed right i can understand that in my mind and even reflect on it and and worship in a sense but if i leave that and go on to live a self-seeking life and a life which cares not for others and does not take time to to serve other people or, or or care about the oppressed or however you see that I would suggest that I would be falling short. That would be—that's an opportunity for me to spiritually worship and engage truthfully in worship to God by acting on what I've heard and received, rather than just thinking about it. Another good example is that um, I know that the Bible uh, teaches me to let go of my anxieties and give my cares to God, because God is in control. God controls the universe, not me. Um you know, so why should I bother trying and that 's good to hear and and you know it 's comforting and, and such but I, but then, if after hearing that, I continue to worry myself silly about everything that could possibly go wrong and try to control that which is out of my control, and so on and so forth. Again, I'm missing an opportunity to be disciplined and act on the truth that I know about God in a way of worship. Another example, sin. I don't know if you've ever felt convicted of a sin before, but I know I have. Right? Something, the Holy Spirit convicts me of something I think, oh man, you know, that's, that's wrong, I'm in error. God shows me that. However, simply... Recognizing that and doing nothing about it to change my ways again is a missed opportunity to actually worship and for my life to be a process where I am a living sacrifice for God, right, so to speak. So you see how worship can be and should be. Um, it's nuanced. It's varied. It it's, uh, it has to do with you and your your relationship with God and listening to Him and obeying Him. What we know about God has to translate into our our actions and our words and our our will and our life. This is the complete, or or a, a complete way of understanding worship. So what should we do? I would suggest we should pray about it. Right? We should pray about it and we should seek God. We should ask God to show the areas in our life where we can be more disciplined and more engaged in worshiping Him day in and day out. We can ask God to forgive us for the hardness of heart where where there's areas where we don't want to do that and we don't want to, you know, honor and glorify Him with everything we are and we, we try and, you know, do it our own way. He'll forgive us. We can ask God to forgive us for for reading and knowing these things and seeing the glory of God and responding with a shrug. And we can seek Him. We can seek Him now and continually um, to ask Him about about this act of worship to show us and lead us in the ways that He would have us worship Him um, in 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 a pleasing and truthful and heartfelt and Christ-centered and meaningful. Honest expression of worship, of worship, the ways you know asking God to show us and, and, and teach us in the ways that we can be more disciplined so that we are no longer uh, spending our time and energy uh, putting our worth on other things than Him. And we can we can ask God to teach us to understand worship outside of whatever, um, you know, whatever constraints you may have placed it within, right? Um, To open our minds to the fact that our lives are to be a living sacrifice of praise to God. That worship is not a religious duty or a thing that um, we only express uh, within, you know, X, Y, and Z. No, that That worship would transform us and that we would always be coming to him with our praise and our affections. And this takes discipline. We need to be disciplined in order to, um, you know, put God first in any given situation. That That takes practice and a lot of discipline. So if, you know, I was describing some examples and if every one of those you hear and you're like, oh, man i'm doing like all of those right now i'm such a dud well that's why we're talking about it there's there's no expectation for you to be the perfect follower but i do want to encourage us to move along and grow right and change and and uh grow closer to god over the summertime and and not to to kind of let our relationship and our faith with him and our prayer to just be uh an afterthought or whatever, right? The summertime can be a time of spiritual growth for us as a church. So let's stop seeing only this as worship. Let's—I uh, would challenge you to even um, wrestle with and pray about how the most non-spiritual things that you do could possibly um, be acts of worship to God, right? How, how those your work, or your studying, or your sleepless nights, you know, changing the baby's diapers, or wherever you find yourself. How those can and should be um, disciplined, affection towards the God who loves us. Uh, Could the band please come up? They'll start playing. So, what I've been talking about in, in worship as a spiritual discipline is where we where we are moved by what we know about God, right? Where we allow um, the truth of God to strike us in the center of our being and, and be affected by it in some way. You know, communion is a wonderful example and opportunity to do just that. Communion is a time where um, we do it almost every Sunday at the gate and we reflect on the cross, right? We look to Jesus and we consider his his sacrifice, his love, how he was um, unjustly tortured. His body was broken and his blood was shed for our sins. And so we have these uh, symbols which represent this on the tables here, the symbols themselves themselves. The elements are nothing out of the ordinary. It's just Welch's juice and crackers. <laughs> That's all it is. But, in light of the cross, in light of Jesus and the gospel and the good news and the salvation that we have, um, these elements provide us with an opportunity to respond in, in true and honest love and worship and appreciation for what Jesus has done for us, right? And as we do this and we come and take communion, the, the ordinary, um, the juice and crackers, God takes them and uses this as... Uh, a very deep and true and honest uh, setting for which we can commune with him and worship him and show our love to him and, and pray and repent and be in his presence and feel his love and all of these things so communion is 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 a great way um here and now to to worship him to worship him spiritually truthfully uh to come before god and and uh take the elements and know that um god is extraordinary right that he is holy he's worthy and that he is all we need to worship and to spend time at the cross and and in thanksgiving and prayer so let us worship by taking communion this morning